Our next story comes to us by way of Modern Love, the podcast. It's a collaboration between the New York Times and WBUR Boston, where they take pieces from the paper's popular Sunday column and match them with talent from the stage and screen. This particular story is from Joe Blair. Joe's a pipe fitter in Iowa who writes in the spare time. He's the father of four, including one autistic son, Michael, who's been the source of joy and of concern. Prospective buyers must wonder about the hard-packed runway of dirt in our backyard where grass won't grow and the hasp and the padlock on the refrigerator. And Well, they must wonder why the gate on our six-foot-high picket fence is permanently bolted shut. Deb and I hardly think about these things. We've been with Michael for 11 years. There are two runways inside the fence. One traces the edge of the house. <laughs> the dog made this one. He sprints from window to window, tracking my location. (laughs) Am I in the kitchen? (laughs) Leaving the kitchen. (laughs) Walking to the living room. (laughs) Walking back to the kitchen. (laughs) It might be cute if it weren't for the destroyed windowsills and muddy paw prints on the siding. The other runway, in the center of our tiny backyard, belongs to Michael. It's a ten-by-three-foot stretch of shiny earth. There are three layers of sod beneath it, each one representing Deb's hope that this time the grass will take hold. This time the grass will take hold. This time. First thing in the morning, whether at two or six or eight, you can depend on Mike finding one of my leather belts, sneaking out the back door and starting to pace on that patch of dirt brown packed surface, hard on dry days, slick on rainy days. What could be better? A belt that if you grab it by the buckle and move it back and forth at a certain pace will make sine wave after sine wave. Its tail lapping the ground ever so gently as it releases the previous wave into the universe. It is a mesmerizing thing. So absorbing, so incredibly fantastical that Mike can't help releasing loud shrieks of delight (laughs) or agony or pent-up frustration or joy in that muddy patch, in that release into the universe. Usually he's naked. Yep. Or he'll only have boxer shorts on. He will be screaming or singing or howling in a high pitch. He is a supersonic Tarzan, an alarm clock that we cannot ignore because we have sleeping neighbors. One of us, Deb or I, cursing beneath our breath, will peel ourselves out of bed and hurry down the creaking stairway. Michael, we will say in our most authoritative voice, Michael, get in here. And Michael will drop the belt and do as we say. He will leave behind the thing he loves most, more than food, and he will do what we say. Until we're back in bed. And then he will return to his beautiful runway with his magical belt, and he will make the world understandable in his way. It is a poor substitute we've learned for the real thing. Ocean waves. 
Mike first saw the ocean two summers ago on a beach in San Francisco, he was enthralled. He dropped the belt he always carries, threw himself on the sand that was warm and fine, and listened to the sound of the surf. It was as if he had finally found someone who spoke his language. The Pacific Ocean. We visited the beach every day for five days, but this was only vacation, and despite what boys want, vacations end. Soon Mike was back in Iowa, and it was the belt again, lapping against the brick walkway while he waited for the school bus with his father. One evening, Mike's twin sister, Lucy, said to Deb and me, the teachers will think I'm stupid like Mike. Mike is not stupid, Deb said. Mom, Lucy said patiently, you know what I mean. Yes, Deb said, I know what you mean. But you've got to know what I mean, too. Imagine if you found yourself in the middle of China somewhere and everyone was trying to talk to you, but you couldn't understand them. And everyone thought that you were stupid. But you were still just like you are. How would you feel? I have had glimpses of the kind of man I should be. Such are the revelations we are afforded. Passing glimpses like the small hidden pond you pass while driving on a road for the first time, suddenly opening up and then closing once again so that it can be instantly forgotten or recalled only in part. I have had glimpses. When I was 10, pray to God and ask for my challenge. Give me my challenge, I would pray. Give me my challenge. And at my lowest moments, I've thought, that was my mistake. I asked for it. (sighs) These days, I rarely talk to Mike because he rarely responds in any way. You may think this is cruel, ignoring my own son, and if you were to spend one day with him, you might be full of energy and hope and goodwill, but I have been with him every day of his life for 11 years. My bad habit of ignoring my son has become so ingrained that our routine of non-communication has become something of a runway all its own. And I ignore the very things that fascinate Michael. The belt. The patch of dirt. Still, once in a while, we engage one another. Sometimes, for example, we play the blinking game. While lying next to each other, very close, Mike will look at me out of the corner of his eye. A sly smile playing across his face, and he will blink once. (laughs) Then in response, I will blink once. His smile will gain in radiance, and he will answer my blink with one blink of his own. This will go on for some time, whipping Mike up into a fit of laughter. (laughs) But tonight, I lie next to Mike. It's 11, well past his bedtime. He's been laughing hysterically for at least an hour, which might seem cute to you, but to me, indicates that he's on the edge of a seizure. Our faces are very close in the dark. 
Mike likes it this way. Close. <laughs> he is a beautiful boy. His eyes are large and liquid. His facial features are clean. The great challenge I asked for when I was a boy. Lying in bed next to me, very close to my face. Faith is nothing other than an acceptance of eternity and at the same time of death. The great challenge, my great challenge, is nothing other than in the face of eternity and death, a question of kindness. Can I, being alive at this time, love this boy? Can I listen to him? Can I be a good father to this boy? We have glimpsed the future of Mike at six foot three, 250 pounds, his sporadic anger triggering the need for drugs and restraints while I grow older, smaller, and weaker. And Deb and I decided that we want a shot at a different future, one in which Mike, near his beloved waves, maybe isn't so troubled. So after nearly two decades in Iowa, we're moving to the coast, to the waves. I have no work there, but I will find work. We have no community awaiting us, but we will make one. (laughs) The people who come to look at our house don't understand this, but it is not theirs to understand. It has not been given to them. It has been given to us. Mike? I say in the darkness. You're a good kid. I say it, and then I keep listening. For once, I don't stop listening after a few seconds as I normally do. Instead, I let the seconds run on. Mike has ceased his laughter now. After some time, I don't know how long, he whispers very quietly, You're a good kid a good kid Mike you're a good kid I'm proud of you I say the words wave and wave and then they come back broken and and then full proud Mike says I'm proud of you I love you, I say. It's a profession. It's also a self-rebuke. Love, Mike says a few minutes later. I love you. Love you. I love. I love you. You. After Mike seems to be done with his response, I ask, how would you like to live by the ocean? This brings a big smile. He's looking off away at something far. The words wave and wave. Ocean, he says.
thank you so much to the good folks at Modern Love for sharing Joe Blair's story with Snap. If you want to find out more, go check out their show and subscribe to their podcast. Not only will you hear from the editor of the New York Times Modern Love column, you can follow up with Joe and find out whether his family ever moved to the coast. Joe has written a memoir by the Iowa Sea, and you can also hear interviews with Michael T. Williamson, the actor who voiced Joe for this story, and can see Michael T. in the Oscar-nominated film, Fences. We'll have a link to all of that, including the Modern Love podcast, on our website, snapjudgment.org. The original score for this story was by Pat Masidi Miller.